Welcome to the Pastor's Porch, a place where pastors encourage one another, speak freely about the Word of God, and engage in real communal relationships with the body of Christ. All right, welcome everybody to the Pastor's Porch podcast. We're starting off this week just a little bit different. Last week you got a chance to hear from Pastor T and his bride Courtney uh, on some of their roles in the church, ministry in their house, ministry in the church. So this week we're blessed. I have my beautiful bride Colleen with us and we're going to talk about all kinds of topics. And so I hope you are going to enjoy this episode. Sit back, relax, work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to podcasts, drive down the road, uh, whatever it is you like to do. But uh, I hope we bless you today. I hope the Lord blesses you. And we're going to talk about all kinds of topics about ministry, marriage, leading a local church, uh, pros, cons, funds, uh, all that sorts of stuff. And so, Colleen, welcome to the hot seat. Hello. Hello. Yeah. You uh, you typically <laughs> don't find yourself with a microphone in your hand, but you do have so much value to bring. And so thank you for taking the time on this busy day to join with us and uh, to join with me, just me and you to do this podcast. So it's exciting to me. And so I have, it looks like four or five topics here that we're going to talk through. And I have the benefit of asking the questions or stating the topics, which means you get to lead off every time. And so uh, that's encouraging to me. And so uh, let's jump right in with the first one. Uh, if, if people got a chance to listen to Pastor T and Courtney's podcast, we talked about the home life first. So the note that I have to talk about is healing at home. Uh, and then in parentheses, I have the start of our marriage. So you get to take that in any which way you want. And you get to talk about healing happening at home, uh, maybe before God used us, while God was using us, whatever that looks like to you, you get to jump into it. Okay, well, um, we're just gonna bear at least I am we'll be honest about um our walk with jesus and you know it was not always a pretty sight but you know you cannot um, effectively do any type of ministry discipleship guidance anything like that if your home is in disarray now hindsight is a great quality that we have now that we know that um the beginning of our marriage was messy. It was um, not Christ-designed. It was actually pretty far from it. We knew who Jesus was, but our relationship with him was extremely shallow, superficial, and selfish is um, one of the best ways that I could describe it. We um, did not necessarily always get along with each other and didn't always get along with God. And we abused that um, in our relationships with each other and and just in our lives growing up. We didn't have a lot of um, godly people pouring into us and discipleship. And the ones that we did meet that were those, we hid from them and thought that we could do that pretty well. But um, once we could fully submit our selves to God and 
um, see ourselves the way that he created us and intended us to be and started developing that authentic love for him, our love for each other began to shape and mold and morph into this um, beautiful design that he has created. And now that we can see that, it helps us be able to minister to others better. Um, not every relationship is like that with Jesus or within a marriage, but I feel like we have walked through some dark and deep valleys, and that's a beautiful thing to be able to be on the other side, to be able to help others in doing that. And so I'm very grateful for um, Christ's love that he has given us and shown us to where we can use that in our testimonies and be able to witness to others through him in that. If your relationship was shallow, <laughs> I was like sitting on the side of the pool, not even with my toes in the water. I was, um, you know, I think we just, we look back on it and sometimes I almost wish I could feel these feelings again because the Lord was delivering us from so much at one time at crazy um, high speed it felt, but yet it wasn't. It was like daily, the Lord would peel back another layer of the onion of our marriage, of our own personal lives, of I wish, I wish uh, then they didn't have these social media apps. I wish I had like voice recordings of all the things the Lord was doing or like a, a video blog or journals. And I do have some journals from back then, but like God did such a work in us, the work couldn't help but come out eventually because I don't know how to be anything but transparent. And when the Lord grabbed a hold of both of us, um, I don't know that that's something you could put in a bottle and recreate it. It was just so perfect. It's still so perfect. I look back on those times as probably the happiest times of my life because that was the truest deliverance I had ever known in the truest sense of freedom. I had been so bound for years and had no idea, right? I had no clue. But that healing that took place, you know, I tell everybody, I said, we were in lust and God taught us how to love and we were in flesh and God taught us how to walk in the spirit. We were, you know, I mean, I can remember I, several years into our marriage, you know, and everyone, all the super religious folks will be like, oh, you know, you're not godly. But it was probably like a year or two into our marriage before I remember praying for you. Like I had said, like, God bless Colleen and God bless Hunter and God take care of him, you know. But I can remember like getting on my knees for the first time and actually praying for you not in some superficial genie in a bottle kind of way that I thought I was just appeasing someone but like the first time I began to seek God on your behalf and on our son's behalf I can remember the day I mean I can remember the moment and that had that not taken place we'd never be sitting in this seat now that kind of heart change that we both had to have from the Lord. And so we both definitely went through a great measure of healing 
at the beginning of our relationship, which brings us to the next conversation is that was surrendering privately, if you will. That was surrendering in our home and the structure of our home. And then Jackson was born and uh, our little Tasmanian devil is what he looked like with that little <laughs> grin. But uh, he, when he was born or shortly before he was born, was about the time that the Lord started dealing with us about ministry. Not that we had any idea what ministry even was, but that's when the Lord made it clear to us, hey, you're going to surrender into ministry. Talk to me a little bit about that. What did that look like in your life? I had zero clue what it meant to like just to completely dive into ministry I had such a um, stereotypical view of what a preacher was let alone a pastor and a shepherd and being the spouse and the helpmate of who those people are and so Frankly, it scared me to death because I thought, well, the only person I've ever met, you know, is probably one of the most gracious ladies ever. And I thought, I could never measure up to her, ever. I can't play the piano. I can't sing. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the theology. I don't have all of those things that she made it look so effortless into doing and it took years to kind of figure out that that's her ministry and I had to seek for myself and God for what ministry he was calling me into being and so that took um, just spending time just hanging out with with my Jesus and figuring it you know figuring it all out for myself and um, I am nowhere near perfect by any means of, of even reaching what he's um, planned for me. But I can sure I can I can love you and I can tell you what God's word says about it. And, you know, we'll we'll figure it out together and we'll pray and seek the Lord for it together. But um, and I think that our our church does such a wonderful job and just um, letting us lead and being who we are and they don't try to to build us into a box at all at least for myself they don't put me in a put me in a box uh, if, if anybody put me in a box it would, I wouldn't live very long I don't reckon I think I'm just I don't think we was built for boxes but you know I I can remember those times I think back to the surrender um, when the Lord started dealing with me about preaching and teaching and even pastoring and all those thoughts, I remember thinking, oh, man, uh, I don't know this word like I want to. And so I went into this thing for several years where I just got to be alone with God. And that was my only goal. And that's still, you know, years later, that's the biggest goal. It's a lot harder to get that time now than it's ever been at any point in my life because I'm busier now than I've ever been at any point in my life. And so I have to fight 
uh, for that alone time. I have to fight for um, some things that used to come easy when I first started ministry. It wasn't a problem to spend an hour or two a day reading and studying and uh, preparing sermons and this sort of thing. And now it's a much different world. It's a it's a 24-7 um, demand on my life. And so I have to be much more stingy with my time. Um, and so the surrender to God, to me, you know, 12 years later, it still looks the same. It looks like my devotion to him is number one. My devotion to my family is number two. And then the, then the church in whatever role I play there uh, comes in. And I think that's where people can succeed in ministry is we must first be devoted to the Lord. We must secondly then be devoted to our family, to those that are in our home. And I think if you can get those two things right, whatever ministry God has for you will then flow naturally. And I think, like you said, sometimes we, we want to put people in a box or we want to say, you've got to look like this and do this way and do, that's one of the things I really love is the guys that, the other guys that preach around here and teach around here and uh, that sort of thing, other than maybe we all enjoy the same kind of sports, we're nothing alike. I mean, me and T would be closer alike, me and Pastor T would be closer alike than maybe me and some of the other ones, but um, you know, their hobbies, like, you know, I'm not into some of their hobbies and they're not into some of my hobbies, but that's good. I think that's a healthy thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we all need to be different. I think we all need to be a little bit different. We all need to have freedom. And so um, for me, you know, like when you said about having somebody in front of us that was a model, uh, I never did look much at maybe in the early years what they wore or how, you know, but I watched how they acted around people and I watched how they talked to people and I watched and I listened and we would go to these other churches and I would just, I would just listen to how uh, Pastor Brian might communicate to somebody. I would listen in the grocery store when we go to these revivals or different things like that. I, I think, I think we can learn a lot from people more beyond what they wear. And I think, you know, sometimes the church world, uh, just messes that all up because we'll try to take somebody who's called into ministry and make them just like us. Well, the world, the world doesn't need another Zach and the world really doesn't need another calling. Now replicating things we do in the spirit. I think we would want that, but I don't need somebody to dress like me, talk like me, say the things that I say, some of the horrible jokes that sometimes I have these preacher jokes that just bomb every Sunday. I don't need somebody trying to be me I'd much rather have somebody be themselves. And I think that's what true surrender looks like, okay? So that kind of segues into our next topic of conversation. Serving the local church and the local community, this place that God has called us, probably top 10 most fun things of my life is top four, easy. Um, I love serving God and I love serving God's, people. And even beyond that, I believe pastors are called to regions, not just churches. And so I love serving this region, this West Fork, mountain area, Greenland, Winslow, Farmington, Prairie Grove, these, these kind of these towns, Lincoln, even these, these boys home that God calls us out to sometimes and 
just this region that God's called us to um, is a real treat. I really enjoy that. And so talk to me a little bit about that. Serving in the local church is fun for me. I enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, but you and I do that in different ways. You don't like the microphone so much. Um, I didn't used to. I used to be very afraid of it. But um, I, think, I think you and I do that a little bit differently, yet somehow it balances out. Talk to me a little bit about that, about us serving together in the community. What does that feel like to you? It's one of my favorite things as well to do. Um, we get to be able to meet people on a more intimate level, a little bit more relaxed and be able to get to know them, get to know their families, um, get to know their, their testimonies, their hardships, their, um, you know, their, their prayer requests and just kind of where they're at in life. We, um, I really like to enjoy that. And, uh, like he said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a stage and microphone type person. If you know, that'll, that'll be another, um, miraculous work of the Lord for me to be on stage with a microphone. But I, I enjoy more, um, sitting around the dinner table and, and, um, being, in tuned with you and, and looking in your eyes and, and hearing your story and, and just conversing back and forth and really just kind of getting to know you. And then by getting to know you, I feel like I I know how I can serve you better. You know, I want to be able to, how I want to be personal with God, I want to be personal with you. And, and I want to be able to serve you and I want to be able to walk with you and, and everything. And, and I want you to get to know me and I want you to be able to entrust in me that when you have um, things going on in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, you know, everything is that um, I want you to be able to, you can feel like you can come to us and, and receive spiritual guidance or receive help or receive um, counselings in an area that you might want to, or just to celebrate the victories altogether. There's nobody that's going to be happier for your victories than than for Zach and I. Um, you know, we'd love to just be a fly on the wall in your life and to cheer you on and see all of the great things that God does, um, and be able to to witness those things. I think you're kind of like. Um... I don't know if it's the, I don't know the right word, if it's the pit crew or I don't know if it's like what it is. Like you're the, you're the, like the calming mechanism. Um, God put us together and I'm, I'm so high strung that just the way my mind is worked up and my personality, when I'm talking to somebody, sometimes I'm thinking about four other conversations because I've just talked to four other people about four different things in four different areas and trying to remember all four of those. And my mind is just going like 7,000 miles an hour. Um, and sometimes people probably think I'm short or something like that. I, I don't ever do that on purpose. I don't believe I do that on purpose, but you're like this calm, this calm breeze, you know, on a, on a good day, you know, you just, you just, you have the gift, the ministry gift of hospitality. And it's clear that that's your gifting. You know, you have a very strong 
gift for just what you just said. You make every person feel valuable when you sit with them. And um, I do that really well in smaller settings, but you seem to do it no matter what room you're in. And uh, that is tremendous. It is, it is my favorite thing to watch about you because I can't get you to teach or preach or get on the stage. This is just an inside joke. I don't, I don't want her to until the Lord tells her to. Um, but when I watch you sit with people, I'm like, I wish I could be that calm. You know, I wish I could sit that still for, do I sit still at home? But you can be honest. Do I ever sit still? Never. <laughs> I mean, but it's not, it's not on purpose. I want to, yeah. but my mind is just like right now, I've already got four things planned tomorrow on my day off. And it's not because I'm running from something. It's not in some of those are rest, by the way, but, um, it's just the way my mind's worked and yours watching you sit with people at small groups or at our uh, church functions or community functions and to watch you can engage every person that talks to you. And that to me, getting to watch that is one of my favorite things about doing ministry with you is, is watching you um, engage in a way that I don't. I, I get good times to sit with people and talk with people and I get good times to be with people, but I think we go about it a little bit different way. And so I enjoy watching you getting to um, serve in the way you do. And of course, serving in the local, like for me, I, I the service like we had this morning where I get to share the love of Jesus so intimately and passionately. I never want to get over the cross and the resurrection. I want to preach the cross every day of my life. And uh, so be it that the Lord gives me platforms to do that. Thank you, Lord. And um, I never want to ever do anything but that. That's all I want to do is make Jesus known, whether there's five people in the room or five million, you know. And um, so that's kind of sometimes I'm a one-way track with that. And you're just this calm, amazing listener, uh, amazing person. Cook, you very, very well cook. You're just hospitality. You're hospitable. And that's encouraging to me. So let's talk about, we're going to wrap this up. we got about five or ten minutes left. A couple hard topics to finish out the podcast. And we're going to wrap this up. Developing people and also developing boundaries. Talk to me a little bit about that. First, start with developing people. When I talk about developing people, because it's something I talk about a lot, what is the purpose behind developing people? Um, we just develop. When he says developing a, a person, developing people, I I feel like it's helping them see what God sees, helping them see the path that that can be theirs, and. Um, helping them see the value that they have in themselves. Um, a lot of people, in it, and I'm bad about it, is like, oh, that's not me, or I can't do that, and things like that. But then I never take my own advice when I tell, you know, I teach kids, and, and I hear I can't a lot. And I say, well, Jesus didn't die on the cross for you to say I can't. You can, and you will, and he's going to help you and see you through it. 
And so it's, um, it's hard for me when I have to tell myself that in the mirror in the mornings and say like, Oh Lord, I, you know, I, I can't do this or I can't do that. And it's, um, but, but we can, and his word has it laid out for us, um, so beautifully and so simply, if we will just spend time with him, um, in his word and in prayer, uh, he will show us all of those things. And so sometimes that's a hurdle for some people to, to get through is, um, to kind of be able to see that and see that path and walk the unknown and, um, have that sense of that he's with us all the time. And we just want them to be able to see that and develop that. And what was the other part of my question? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll answer that one and then we'll combine the last yes. two parts. I'll answer that one. Sounds good. So my, my, yeah, I mean, our words are different, but they're the same. My heart for developing people is taking someone to the place that God's calling them to. You know, I think about like first Peter chapter five, when it talks about shepherding the flock that God has put you over. Right. But it says, don't do this for money. Don't do this for clout, basically. But do this for the kingdom of God. Because God placed us in this position of leadership. And so my goal is then to take people and help them become the best version of themselves to the most benefit of God. I'm not just in the self-help business. I want it to be a kingdom benefit. Like I, I want to take broken people and see them be made well. I want to take, I want to take sick people and make them whole. I want, you know, all the all the things that you can think of. And so for me, when I see someone and they say, Hey, Pastor Zach, God's called me to preach. He's called me this. He's called me this. My goal from that point on is I want to help them become that. If somebody says to me, Zach, I want to be a better father. I want to help them become that. Uh, if somebody says, Zach, I want to be a better leader. I want to be better. If they just say, Hey man, I just want to follow Jesus. But it can be as simple as this. I want to see them learn to read the scripture. It doesn't have to be this big grand thing of, I want to pastor a church of 5,000 and I want to be the most anointed pastor in Arkansas. It doesn't have to be all these big goals like people put themselves in this box. What if it's just to communicate better? What if it's just to spend time with your family? Like, I want to help you accomplish ordinary things. I heard this quote the other day and I'm convinced it's so valuable. It said, uh, the most... Uh, extraordinary thing on earth is ordinary men and ordinary women doing uh, uh, raising ordinary children in an extraordinary way. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot simpler than people make it out to be. They make these grand statements and they, and they miss out on just the simple gospel. So when I say I want to help people develop, I'm talking about their spiritual development. Uh, there's coaches and gyms and and work programs and financial gurus and all that i'm in the uh those people are in that business uh i don't like to use the word business but i'm in the lifestyle of wanting to see people spiritual man spiritual woman develop to the deepest level and and in place that god wants them to be um but as we wrap up today we get to talk about these good things talk to me a little bit just give me five minutes the best five-minute conversation we can have on boundaries, the need for boundaries in relationships, and how we, me and you, get through hard times 
in leading in the church? You and I may have different answers, but I want to hear yours. <laughs> I want to hear yours first because um, I've just, I've been through a lot. And so you've been through a lot. And so how do we set healthy boundaries? And then how do we love and lead in hard times? Um, and, and so talk to me a little bit about boundaries and loving and lean times or hard times, whatever word you want to use. Well, I think to answer that question, I need to flip it. I think getting through the hard times or being able to love through the hard times, we have to have boundaries. Um, the way that kind of I see and I view boundaries is, um, you know, God, some people see boundaries as, um, as rules that they have to follow or walls that they have to put up or a barrier to separate you from one another. And that's not God's design of a boundary at all is um, boundaries go back into the garden where, you know, we had all of this freedom and we had all of this closeness and to be mm. able to walk with God and see God, you know, but he gave us the one boundary, which was, the tree not to eat of the that fruit of the tree of knowledge because he was protecting us from spending an eternity um, in our sin and so when i say that you know we need to have boundaries as as pastors and ministers and leaders it's to protect not only us but for you there's just that respect of boundaries um, you know, everything that you have now has a password on it. Your phone has passwords, your accounts have passwords and things like that. And it's not that you don't trust your neighbor. It has nothing to do about trust, but you don't have that relationship with them to be able to say, here, here's all access to everything that I have. You know, some of those things you still want to keep back and not just be so free. Mm. And so uh, to be able to love during hard times or to be able to uh, love the hard to love, that's another one, is that you have to be able to discern that within the Holy Spirit of what, um, what boundary levels do you need to give access to in that situation. Um, and with all while still loving and respecting and teaching and ministering to the people or the situation that that's in. Yeah, I think I think for me, when you talk about boundaries, um, you know, they're, they're healthy. I mean, you, you brought up the garden, like, that's the perfect example. Like, had we just done that right, you know? I mean, one, we had one boundary and we just messed it up, you know? And I think boundaries are vital because... Not everyone is ready to hear everything that you have to say. You know, it's easy for me to look at it from my seat because, you know, being a pastor or whatever. But the truth be told is I'm a very, uh, would you call it a free, I'm a simple guy. I, I don't try to have secrets from anybody. I'm not holding nothing back. I'm not trying to hurt nobody or come up with things that hurt anybody. I never have to be uh, con confused with a poker player because my face usually tells you what I'm thinking. And so I've been told in staff meetings. And so um, 
I like boundaries though, because not everybody who is on the elevator, right, is going to the same place that you're going. Not everybody on the ride has the same uh, experience. And so you have to be able to use discernment to know when to share, with whom to share, with how to share, right? And you got to put healthy boundaries. Like, I, like I, I, I don't ever want to sound cross, but like, you know, I think it's weird. Our culture puts such a standard on pastors, but none on the church member. And I think that's like interesting to me how people just, they, they have so much to say because there's so much media content constantly. Church media content has taken over the internet, maybe just in the circle that I live in because most of my friends are churched or church leaders or church, you know, whatever. But uh, everybody seems to be talking 24-7. And uh, just because the church down the road is doing it doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Just because the church across town or across the country or across the state or just because the pastor on the internet that's the most popular, blah, blah, I don't care. I don't care. Hebrews 12 tells me to run the race that God has set before me with endurance. Well, I can't go run T.D. Jakes' race. I can't go run Stephen Furtick's or whoever these guys are on the internet that everybody watches. I can't go run their race. I got to run my race. Well, because of that, I have to be very careful with who I talk to because some people will judge me based on a man or a woman they've never even met, something they heard three times removed on the internet, one time that may or may not even be in the scripture. They'll, they're ready to make their doctrine on it and just say, well, we're going to build the church around this. And I think it's just, so I set up walls with who I let speak into me. Um, I have men in my life that some, a couple in this church, a couple outside this church, I've never hid this from anybody that I allow to speak into me. They're leaders. I got one goal. I'm looking for people older than me in the spiritual. I'm looking for people doing what I'm doing or have done what I'm doing. And I'm looking for people that are authentic. I don't care if your church is one or one million. All these guys pastor different churches. All these guys lead different types of churches. They're all Jesus churches, but they're all, some are very charismatic, some are not. Some are large, some are smaller, but they all have this one thing in common, authentic people loving Jesus. Those are the people I'm inviting in, right? And I'm inviting those people in to speak into me. And I think as Christians at any level, at any level of church, whether we're just a church member or whether we're just a pastor or whether we're just a elder or deacon or youth leader, whatever place we find ourselves, we had better have boundaries um, in certain areas, you know? And I, and I think about that. And then the second part of that question was, how do you love people well? Well, I think you love people well by doing some of those things, having rest, having boundaries, um, having, having uh, intentionality and relationship we talked about earlier. I think you have to remember that we're all just a bunch of imperfect people. Um, me and you included. We're all a bunch of people that are loving Jesus, walking with Jesus, trying to please Jesus. And I think sometimes we get in our minds that every one of us should just be perfect. And man, I mean, church is messy. The body of Christ is messy. 
And so remembering to give each other grace, you know, I think it's Peter that writes um, to uh, there and it's either first or second Peter. He, he writes um, grow in grace. You know, it's verse 20, I believe, of one of his chapters. And then so I'll have to look it up here in just a moment. But he basically essentially says, hey, you guys need to do a better job of growing in grace. And this is something that we all need to grow in. We all need to grow in grace. And so uh, that is that is my biggest goal for the day is is to teach us to to grow in grace. The season that we're in, that each one of us would uh, understand the season that we're in, and that we would um, understand that we are called to this relationship. No matter where you find yourself in a church, maybe you're not in this church, maybe you're in a different church. God set the leaders where He did on purpose. God has your best interest in mind to the leading of the church for His glory. Now, understand when I say that it's not your best interest in a sense that you get the brand new pair of Nike shoes or a new Corvette to drive. It's not worldly interest. It's kingdom interest. Jesus is going to perfect his church. Uh, and that is 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 20. I was right, I think, on verse number 20. If my mind is right, it was um, definitely not verse number 20, verse number 18. I was close to verse number 20. Uh, so, Colleen, any parting thoughts? Anything you have to say? Do you want to tell the people goodbye, hello? Hopefully you never have to record one again, or it wasn't that painful, was it? No, it is not. And I um, I feel honored and humbled to be um, asked to do them. And um, I can definitely do it with an audience of one physically. <laughs> I'm the only one in the room. <laughs> I'm the only one in the room. You did a great job. And listen... Here's, here's the reality. Um, you bring a better side out of me and you bring a better side out to this church and you have so much value. And so I honor you. I always publicly honor you. And now I honor you on the radio land or I guess it's not radio, it's podcast, whatever you call it, this microphone recording. Um, I honor you. I honor Pastor T and Courtney. Uh, the, the things they said last week made me cry on the podcast. I do love you, son, and I I do look at you as a son. And um, all of these guys here, all of these girls here, this church, man, God has blessed us with such a great church. And so we talk about honor. I honor you. But, man, I mean, when we think about all these years later, the relationships and the church and the people that God is allowing us, man, that First Peter chapter 5 just goes all over me when it talks about what a blessing it is to... Uh, lead the flock, for lack of a better word, to shepherd the flock. And uh, I've always said, if you want to be a shepherd, you're going to smell like sheep. And so I hope that uh, I smell like a sheep. <laughs> uh, sheeps, is it? I don't know how you say it. Sheep is plural. Sheep is plural. <laughs> I, hope I, I hope I smell like the sheep. And I hope you guys know how much we love you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, uh, each one of you. And I pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Pastor's Porch. If you don't have a church home, come join us at Unity Covenant Church in West Fork, Arkansas. We would love to have you. Thank you for your continual support to this podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Have a great day and God bless.